0: Good morning. It's good to have you here. And uh, before I get started with the announcements, I just wanted to say, isn't this a beautiful, wonderful day? And you know why? Because I got an extra hour of sleep. And for those parents or those who have animals, I am sorry, because I know that your schedule You were thinking you were going to get an extra hour. Unfortunately, children have no clue, or animals. And so, as I was talking to some of you this morning, they were like, yeah, I was looking forward to that hour, but when an animal comes in and says, feed me, you feed them. And so, we don't have any children at home or no animals, so I got an extra hour. And then the sad thing is, in in a few months, I'm going to have to give back that hour, And then it will be the saddest day of the year. Anyway, um, good morning. We're glad that you're here to worship with us. And for those visiting or watching us on Zoom, we're glad that you're part of our service as well. Uh, A couple of things to keep in mind. uh, On the 27th of November at 9.30, um, that's a Saturday, correct, Donna? Uh, We are going to be decorating the church for Christmas and so uh usually have a lot of fun, uh, and if you have any questions, please see Donald Rogers. Poinsettas are on sale, and so anyone who wants to buy a poinsettia to place in our church for Christmas, uh, the envelopes are back there on the table, and then fill it out, and um, if you have any questions, uh, please talk to Sh- uh, Sharon. The prices are $8, and... Make checks payable to the first e c church, still looking for ambassadors, those who uh, are going to be av- available to greet um, people not only on Sunday morning, not just greet them but to say hello to people. In fact, all of you are ambassadors, and you should be already greeting everyone who comes in so um, but those i do I will need ambassadors at the front door greeting people so let me know if you can uh, do that. Also, uh, we are going to uh, honor our military uh, personnel and and veterans. And so, um, I think all of the all of the ones that have been out, maybe they're still. We're doing interviews uh, for those in the military and those veterans. And so, um, we've got some questions. And um, to interview for them. And then we're going to have this kind of during our announcement time. We're going to see a couple of them for November. So i be looking for that. And today is the last day for shoebox. Uh, if you've packed a shoebox, um, you, should have, you have it here. If you have any questions, um, Gloria is the person to see. Uh, any other announcements? That anyone has. Okay, would you please stand for the reading of our call to worship? Our call to worship is from Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good
1: morning, everybody. It's kind of quiet in here this morning, so we're going to try to change that. got a couple of up-tempo songs for you this morning, so sing along. Strengthful rises, we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strengthful rises, we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord.
2: You are the everlasting
1: They will walk and not be faint.
2: Were all the words okay up there? <laughs> we, were a little, we were a little nervous about that one. This we did this one last week, so still familiar for everybody, I hope. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation, and all your people sing along so.
0: to the praise team. Uh, That was awesome. Um, Before we go into our prayer uh, and praises, um, I do have uh, new business cards that are out in the back and up front. Um, One of the things I want to draw your attention to um, is the logo that we have. It's the cross with the triangle representing the Trinity. uh, And this... um, the cross design was made by Tim Klazak for us, and so uh, thank you, Tim. And on the back of the card, it has up and and out. That's what we're using now, uh, up to God, in with the church, building disciples, and then taking what we know through the power of the Holy Spirit to go out into the world. So those are available, and you may have one or uh, ten and pass them out. Um, As we get to this time of prayer concerns, um, I want to lift up Ethel Betts um, and also Keith Betts. Uh, There's going to be some decisions that um, are going to be needing to happen. I I won't go into all the details there, but please keep Keith uh, and Ethel in your prayers right now and for uh, the sons as well. Also, we want to lift up Lloyd Uh, Kaiser, he had fallen, Uh, I did find out this week, he he broke his hip and they put a rod in it and so he's in a tremendous amount of pain. So please keep Lloyd uh, in your prayers as well. Any other prayer concerns or praises that you have?
1: Hi, I'd like you to keep my family in your prayer, my whole family, for my husband Mike, for my son Mike, for my dad, for my mom, for my Uncle Mick. There's there's a lot going on there, and I just really
0: need prayer. Thank you. Okay, we will certainly pray for your family, uh, and pray for you as well. Any other prayer concerns or praises?
1: Um, I... Talked. I think it was like two weeks ago about. I shared about my student's father who was getting a tumor removed from his brain. Um, good, wonderful news. They were able to get 95% of the tumor out and also keep the pituitary gland intact. Unfortunately, he is still in the hospital. Recovery is not going well. Um, he has no memory. Um, it went from no memory, like short term, and becoming belligerent over why he's in the hospital to not even recognizing his wife and kids. So they're hoping to move him to a rehabilitation center, which was not part of the original plan. Um, and yeah, so just keep Brock, Lexi, and then my student Lake, who is struggling right now too. So just continue to pray.
2: Well,
0: we certainly pray for for Brock and his wife and and especially for the children who don't understand what's going on. Uh, By the way, for those who are wanting to know what happened to the Halloween candy uh, that was given in Trick or Treat, no, I did not eat it. Uh, We had donated it uh, to Angela's school. And so, um, okay, I did have a Snickers out of it. (laughs) Okay, I had two. I know but I'm pretty sure that there weren't any Snickers. Well, I only saw two. Maybe there were three. I'm not sure. Doesn't, you know, when I, when I ask for forgiveness, isn't that, oh, I, okay, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, let's keep, let's keep um, a children in prayer for, especially for someone who, who forgets who they are and who, uh, uh, who they're married to, it's, it's can be troubling for the whole family, so keep them in prayer. Any other prayer concerns or praises that you have? Amy, do you have anyone on okay, Dave? Yeah, I just to have a praise uh, last weekend, we went to the Turkey Hill experience with my family and uh, had a really great time and it was uh, such a blessing good it's it's always nice to be uh, out with your family and to have a good time. I also want to lift my wife, Kathy, up in prayer. Um, She has hurt her knee, and so we're praying for for healing uh, for that. Any others? Then let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we come to you, we are excited because we're here. We're here in your presence with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Lord, how can this day be any less sweeter than now to be here at this time to praise you, to worship you, to thank you? Lord, you have been so good to us. And, Lord, we remember those today who um, are not here who are having to make decisions that they never thought they'd have to make. So Lord, we lift them up. Guide their decisions. Let them know that you are full of power and love and strength and glory and that you will watch over them. So Lord, we lift you up. We lift those up to you. Lord, for those who are recovering from surgery, Lord, we ask that you would help them through their pain. We ask you to help to heal. For those who have had more more intensive surgery who may have forgotten who you are or who their family is, Lord, we pray for the memories to come back. We pray for wellness, And we pray for the children who are going through this. Lord, open their hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit to give them your peace. Lord, we may not understand fully what is going on in this world, but one thing is true, that you are good, that you are faithful, that you do love us. We know that because we look at the cross We know the sacrifice that was made on our behalf, the body that was broken, the blood that was shed, so that we would have new life, that our sins would be forgiven, that we are now called brothers and sisters in Christ. You called us your children. So, Lord, hear our prayers, hear our concerns. Lord, hear our hearts. For your are good. For your great love. Lord, we pray all of this. All of our concerns, all of our praises, all of the, our hopes, all of the concerns. And Lord, those that remain in the silence of our hearts, we pray all of this in Christ's most holy name. Amen.
3: Continuing in um, the book of Judges, chapter 13, beginning at verse 3. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. You must not drink wine or any other alcoholic drink nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And then from chapter sixteen at verse twenty eight. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, Let me die with the Philistines and the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people, so he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime.
0: So as we're wrapping up, uh, the book of Judges. I, I was going to do one more sermon, uh, but I think five sermons in the book of Judges. I I, um, I don't want to say that I'm done, but I'm I'm done um, because this is actually the last judge. Uh, we talk about Samson, and the reason why those two verses is that it's the nicest ones about Samson. One that he was going to be born, and then how he died. The rest of it, it's, it's a struggle because Samson is one who has all of these wonderful, powerful gifts and we get exasperated with him because he wasted so much. And so today, as we're wrapping up the book of Judges, this is where we end it. We end it with um, Simon, I mean, I'm sorry, Samson because... He's the last judge. He's the last one to be picked. And one of the wonderful things about Samson is that he is another one that God has called before he was even born, before he's even in the womb. God had said to Mona's wife, You are going to have a child. She had been barren. And now, not only that, he has also been dedicated. Understand that God has did the impossible again, calling him out, saying that you are that this child is going to judge Israel, and he is going to be born to take care of the Philistines, and so he's gonna uh, you're gonna have a son. It's it's amazing. Now she has a blessing. But here's the thing. In order for her to have this son, she has to have the same uh, restrictions. She could not have anything alcoholic. She couldn't eat anything unclean. And then in other verses, she couldn't even have juice of the grapes. Just to make sure. And the fact that when the son comes out, he's going to be a Nazareth. He's not He's going to be set apart. He will deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So here's the thing about the Nazarites that you need to understand. This is not a lifetime commitment. Yes, you are a Nazarite. You have the vow. And when you're going through a serious situation, you do refrain. You make a vow before God. And for a time, it's only for a period of time do you not drink and you don't eat of anything unclean. It's voluntary. Here, Samson has been told before birth that the rest of his life, he cannot cut his hair. He cannot have any alcohol, any non-alcoholic wines. He cannot have contact with a dead body. So for those who are Nazarites, They only have to do it for a short time. Samson has to do it all of his life. The amazing thing that God was able to do this, to tell a woman, you're going to have a son. God does the impossible. And so as we go through this, we see that Samson is going to fight the Philistines. He's going to be powerful. He's going to do some incredible things. He's going to be able to kill 1,000, 3,000. It's amazing what the power that he has. But his deliverance from the Philistines is going to be un- incomplete. Incomplete. Samson is the last judge, but the whole book of Judges is pointing to one direction. And that direction is to Christ. Because Samson, being a man, can only do so much. You have Samson who fits, fights the Philistines. You have King of David who comes, who is anointed. But his, what David does is Incomplete. It's only through Christ that salvation is complete, that he finishes the job. So who is Samson? I I talked with Ron Lutz some time ago, and I said, I don't want to do Samson. He said, you need to do Samson. I said, I don't want to do Samson. He's like, you really, if you're going to do judges, you have to do Samson. You told me that. So this is on his head that I'm doing Samson. So if it goes, it's, it's on you. So Samson is powerful, but he's impulsive. I'm going to use a term, and, and I'm trying because of, of children here. They, he's, he's a womanizer, is the best Way I can I can say that um, any th- woman that he sees, the sad thing is he sees as an object. That's the problem that sometimes we have in this world today: is that women seem to be an object of men, and that's not how it's supposed to be. Samson has no self control when it comes to this. To this. In fact, the first woman he sees is a Philistine woman, and they're not supposed to have any contact. You're not supposed to intermarry. But yet God was using Samson, but at the same time, Samson is unteachable because his parents were trying to correct him, trying to give him counsel, kind of give him authority, try to say, listen to us. And yes, God was using him, but the way Samson talked to his parents... It's kind of dismissive. parent comes up and says, hey, I want to give you some advice. What does Samson do? Hey, I don't need to listen. I want what I want. Who does Samson remind you of? Sometimes of a two-year-old. How many times, uh, Dave, I'm looking straight at you. When, when, When Lucy was two, and you would tell her no, didn't go over well, did it? When we would tell our children no when they were at that age, it didn't go over well. Samson was acting the same way. Trying, parents are trying to give him counsel, didn't understand all of this. But here's the thing even Samson, even though God was using Samson, even Samson didn't understand. He just was looking more at the person, the outside, but not the inside. He was impulsive. He was unteachable. It's pretty much the state of Israel at that point in time. This is something that we're going to go into a little bit today. What does Samson waste? Samson had incredible power. He was the last judge. He was the one who was going to help defeat the Philistines. He had gifts from God. The problem is he didn't know how to use them. Or if he used them, he used them for the wrong reason. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, Paul tells us about gifts that we have, that the Spirit has given to us. We all have them. The question is, are we using them for God's purpose? Because if we're using them for God's purpose, Purpose, then we would see the fruit from the Spirit, the qualities of peace, patience, gentleness, self control, and so on. So, what we have is that we have Paul telling us that we have these skills or gifts, but if we don't have the fruit of the Spirit in us, then the gifts are nothing, or if we're not using them for God's glory. If we have the gift of singing and yet think it's all about what we do, then it doesn't mean anything. If you have the gift of speaking, but yet you don't have that love, then it means nothing. So if we are depending on God, if we're depending on the power, then he's looking at our heart and we can actually have that communication. We have that relationship and I don't see it that much in Samson. Yes, he does know who God is. But sometimes he's not thinking with the heart. He's thinking with his mind. One of the problems that sometimes we have is that, yes, we know Christ. We've, we believe in him, but if we haven't, we, if we don't, become disciples, if we don't learn, if we don't study, if we don't have connections with one another, then do we really have God's power? God says that he is always with us, and so we need to be constant in our using our gifts for his glory. We need to be constant in praying and worshiping because if we don't use the gifts that he's given us for his glory then what are we doing so there's a woman that catches his eye have you all seen the movie Samson and Delilah not really that accurate but it's there Delilah is, is beautiful. She's wonderful. But here's the thing. Um, she's not really trustworthy, is she? If you're reading, she's, she likes money. And so the Philistines is paying Delilah to trick Samson. And here's the thing. Samson loves her. And so they keep this back and forth. Delilah says, tell me your power. What gives you your strength? And he constantly teases her and tells her different things. And then she says, wake up, Philistines are here. And it, and it kind of goes like that. And he wakes up and, she's, and then she cries and says, oh, why do you trick me? You don't believe me. And it goes back and forth several times. And then finally... She says, what is your power? Where do you get your power? And Samson lays his head in her lap and says, what? It's my hair. I'm a Nazarite. I can never shave or cut my hair. And so what happens? She brings people in to cut his hair, and he loses his strength. So Samson's sin is apparent. He's not doing what God has asked. He told where his power comes from. Yes, he was trusting, but trusting the wrong person, and that person took advantage. And because the Philistines now thought his power was gone, they said, great, now we get to have fun with him. They don't kill him. They gouge out his eyes. And they put him to work. And here's the, the question I always have as I was reading that. Why did the Philistines let his hair grow back? If that was his strength. And the problem was is that the Philistines thought that once he broke his vow to God, it was over. But what happens? We sometimes break vows to God. Then we have a little, we don't have that much faith in God. Because the vows that he made were to God. Sometimes we have a shallow view of God. God can do the impossible. We saw that in Judges. He can do the impossible. Philistines think his strength is gone. And so they were thinking, we've won. And in all of this, At the very final time, what happens? He finally comes to his senses. This is why the only two really good verses in here that I saw was when he was being born and then when he finally remembered who he was. He finally cried out in Judges 28, in 1628, he says, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, He finally admitted, now I see what I did wrong. So let me pay them back. And so he had one of the slaves tell him where to put the hands. And then you know the rest. The pillars came down and killed more Philistines and the rulers than he ever killed in his life. But it didn't have to come to that. It didn't have to come to that. If Samson under understood what sin was about, he would never have gotten into that. But here's the problem. That's the problem with sin that comes in. It, the, the sin that we go through, it breaks us down. It wears us down. In James chapter 1, it will enslave us. But here's the good news that you need to hear. The sin that we face doesn't have the final say. God does. The sin that we go through, we can say enough and turn it over to God because those sins are forgiven. So I wonder through all of Judges, as I read it through again and again and again, I kept saying the same thing over and over, is that God was constantly pursuing the Israelites. He would correct them, he would punish them, He would deliver them, and it was over and over, but it was always God starting it again. Sometimes God does that with us. He corrects us only because he loves us. There's punishment that goes on to our life because we're sinful, and yet God is there pursuing us, constantly saying, come back home. Kind of like the prodigal son. When we Go home to God. He's running towards us. Arms reached out, stretched out to hug us. God is pleading with us to come to worship because He loves us. And seeing through the book of Judges this time, I see that constantly. God loves his people. God loves you. Today we talked in in Revelation that there will come a time where all of the nations, all tribes, all people, all languages will be there in front of God praising and worshiping him. We have that hope that that will come true. We have that hope that that it's in Christ that we will have new bodies and new life. And it won't matter what, how we spoke, where we were from. It will, will matter did we believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if we look at our judges, Deborah ended very well. Gideon did not. Samson ended well, but his life between the time that he was born and when he was over, there were very few good things. There was a lot of bad things. The reason why we study judges is to learn what not to do. And isn't that a hard thing, even now? So do you know what to do? Why don't we do it? So here's a question for you as we're going to go into the revelation and response. Why don't we do, why do we do what we shouldn't do? And how come we don't do what we should do? Think about that as we close. Gracious Lord, let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the time through Judges. And Lord, help us to remember what had happened. Yes, you've called imperfect people to you. You've called us. We are imperfect. But Lord, you're calling us to be better. Not for our glory, but for your glory. You have work for us to do, we are to work for your kingdom. You have called us. So, Lord, on this day, help us to use our gifts for your glory so that we can produce the fruit that can be only produced by the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, that everything that we do would bring you honor and glory. So, Lord, guide us now in our conversation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, why do we do what we shouldn't do and why? Don't we do what we're supposed to? And I don't have anywhere to go. Uh, I've got. Um, we can do lunch around one, can't we, Kat? Okay, Kathy said yes. So um, we can be. So why why do we do? This is a question to everyone. Why do why do we do what things that we're not supposed to do? It's easier. It's easier. Okay, so you think we'll get away with it, and, and, and that's, a, that's one of the things that I would always think about. No one else is seeing it, so it should be fine, except God's there, because we truly won't get away with anything Temptation. Yes, we we have incredible amounts of temptation, and all we, what we're supposed to do is turn to the Lord, and temptation will run. But sometimes we see that temptation, and well, just one more time, or we don't have a problem, or uh, who, who as going back to who's going to know? Yeah, or yeah, God will forgive me. But then we just keep that circle. And that circle of sin. We think it's only hurting us. But that sin sometimes. Most all the time. Hurts other people. I I think about my father. And him being an alcoholic. And yeah. It was hurting him. But it was hurting our whole family. As we were going through that. Though because of that. I got closer to God. In those times. So. It did work, but I had to go through a lot of stuff that I didn't need to, or I didn't want to. But God helped in that. And the last thing of the book of Judges, and this is why I wanted to end, because it it doesn't get any better after Samson, uh, but the one final line in Judges is that They had no king, and they did whatever was right in their eyes. I think that's the other problem. We do things because we think it's right in our eyes, but it's wrong in God's eyes. See, the the Israelites, once again, didn't listen to Gideon. Gideon said, the Lord is your king. But what they wanted was a human king because they kind of wanted to be like the other countries around. And so the blessings started to, I mean, they were there, but they started to go a little bit down because in order for God to be king, we actually have to listen to him and do what he says. So when, we, when I talk about Jesus Christ being Lord and Savior, he's our Savior, but he's the Lord, is he the Lord of our life? And that's the question that we have to ask. What are we doing? Is the things I'm doing, it's right in my eyes or is it right in God's eyes? And those two, have to come, they have to match. Now we can spend a long time of what's right in our eyes. But we need to be careful, right? Thank you. So as you go through this week... You've you've heard the judges, you've heard Gideon. Gideon was really good up until he makes that breastplate and then everyone worships it. Samson was good at birth and then did a couple of good things in his life and then a lot of bad stuff, but then at the end redeemed himself. The whole story of this is that we need to know that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and that he has called us, to be his children, to, to go out into this world. If we're going up to God, praising and him, worshiping him, and then on the inside making disciples, then we need to go out to tell this world because right now this world is doing what is right in their own eyes. We need to pray for this world. We need to pray for this country because they're doing the same exact thing that the Israelites are doing. But here's this. But hear this, God is good, and all the time God is good. We know, and and I love what Judy said, because if we read the back of the book in Revelation, guess what? We win. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we know the ending. We know that you will win. We know that we will have new bodies. We will have... Um, no more tears, no more pain. We will be worshiping you. But Lord, between now and then, Lord, we will need your strength. We will need your power. We would need your wisdom to guide us. We can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we pray that you will continue to guide us that daily we worship you. Daily we come to you praising you. Daily we are asking for forgiveness of our sins and to turn us from that. And so, Lord, when temptation comes, Lord, we ask for your protection. So, Lord, guide us. In your son's most holy name. Amen. Kathy said to me is that uh, this is our wedding hymn and uh, which of course I said it is Uh, but it is true joyful joyful we adore thee we wanted to make sure that our wedding started on the right foot and this is what we need to be thinking about tomorrow and the next day joyful joyful we adore thee because if we're singing that if we're keeping that in mind then Satan cannot stand against us amen amen